the eyes follow you around the room. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Weird Thing About That, where me and my fellow players are given a subject matter and have to find the weirdest, coolest or funniest story on that subject. Players' stories will be scored by our head judge and the winner will be revealed at the end of the episode. I'm Chris and joining me today, feeling no shame after leading lots of fellow podcasters to slaughter, Chucky. Yo. And joining us today as a player, Joe. Hello. Which leaves the judging seat open to a very special guest. Back again, it's Randall Parker from Randall Parker's Film Club. Good old fuckers. How you keeping? <laughs> oh, it's lovely Very to have good. you back. It's great to have you back, Randall. It's lovely to be back. Randall, if you tell us a little bit about what you've been up to and where we can find you. Um, not be doing a lot, really. Uh, trying to get my mum out of prison in Amsterdam. Uh, that was a big thing. Um, what else have I been doing? Uh, I'm running for Parliament, if anyone's interested. you know, Come along, give me some support. Um, what else? Been trying to get a date on a, a dating app, but... Uh, I've ticked 500 women, but none of them have ticked back. So uh, I might be destined to be on my own. You never know. Oh, I'm sure 501 is just around the corner. It could well be. Uh, Randall, if we can please have today's subject and yep, how it will soon. be scored, please. Right. Um, it will be, it's a, the subject today is low light, and you will be marked using the Dave Dog Dirt system. <laughs> <laughs> it begins. <laughs> That needs no explanation. <laughs> yeah, we'll that's, just, that's we're not going to explain that. We're just going to get on with it. <laughs> and who's going first? Yeah, no, um, uh, we'll go with Joe first, please. So, what is the lowest you think a person could go to earn money? No, 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 not that. Sex work is work and there is no shame in it whatsoever. But what about what about someone like Charles Ponzi, for example, who ripped people off so badly that the scheme he used is named after him? Yes, the Charles scheme. I mean, he was playing on people's greed, and for that, I can't really fault him. I was always told that if something seems too good to be true, then it almost always is. But what about someone who was so grotesque and twisted that they would deceive people at possibly the lowest point in their life? That kind of shithouse. Robert Courtney was an American pharmacist until he was struck off for a crime so base and dare I say evil that it led to one person calling him an absolute shit. That person was me. Robert was born in 1952 and grew up in Kansas, the son of a travelling minister, and was by all accounts a model student, son, and tromboner. Later on in life, he became the owner of Research Medical Tower Pharmacy in Kansas City, where he primarily mixed together drugs for intravenous use, and he also served as a pastor in the Assemblies of God megachurch, which sounds a lot more fun than I imagine it is. This all seems fairly normal so far, so what could old Boner Bob have done that led to him being labelled a complete bastard of a dickhead by someone? That was me again. Well, in the early 90s, a representative of pharmaceutical company Ellie Lilly named Daryl Ashley noticed a strange discrepancy in the books of Robert, namely that he was selling three times as many of a chemotherapy drug called Gemzar as he was buying, which is weird because you can't just buy chemotherapy tablets over the counter. Well, actually, you sort of can. You buy the non-branded version of it and then pass it off as the proprietary version, which is massively illegal. But the top guy in Ellie Lilly found no wrongdoing and they closed down this investigation. In 2001, however, nurses in a local oncology department noticed that several patients were not experiencing the usual side effects associated with the crippling punishment of chemo. They raised their concerns to their superior, Dr. Hicks, and with Daryl Ashley on board, they found that Robert was selling the vials containing the drug at $20 less than he bought them for. 
Combined with the lack of side effects and the fact that none of the patients seemed to improve, they theorised that Robert was diluting the drugs. The drugs that helped to kill cancer. Just think about that for a second. The FBI and FDA immediately leapt into action, testing the doses Robert sold and finding they contained as little as 15% of the drug recommended, and at most 39%. So he was selling about $700 of medicine for about three grand. What an absolute shit. The FBI set up a sting to catch him, uh, and they bought tampered infusions off him. And But once he knew the jig was up, Robert handed himself into the authorities. He handed over lists of medications he had tampered with, and the names of 34 patients he knew were directly affected by this. He claimed he'd only been doing it recently a short time to pay off a debt that he owed. But he was brought to trial on 20 counts of tampering with drugs, which in America is a federal crime. And one count of being an absolute whopper, although that charge was by me and therefore wouldn't stand up in the court of law. He was sentenced to 30 years in prison. According to law enforcement estimates, as well as his own confession, from 92 to 2001, Courtney diluted 98,000 prescription 400 doctors, which were given to about 4,000 patients. Besides chemotherapy treatments, he admitted diluting medicines for diabetes and AIDS patients, as well as fertility treatments. He subsequently admitted that he had been diluting drugs his entire career. As he put it himself, if I could dilute it, I would. Over the course of his career, he earned an estimated $20 million, a figure the FBI agent Melissa Osborne called blood money. He is still in prison, and hopefully he will die there. The massive, massive bell end. Fucking hell, Joe. Keep it loud, mate. <laughs> Fucking hell. Jesus, Jesus. must have a laugh here, pal. It's low <laughs> life. What, you, what, 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 what is the, like... What is... Yeah, it's a bit better than Petty Larson and stuff like that. Fucking hell. Right, Dick Dastardly, not fucking Harold Shipman. I was going to do Shipman, to be honest. He found someone even he worse. He was my granddad's uh, GP. He outlived him. You're yeah. late. You're late, no, Brandon. No, he outlived him. Take more, oh, take more than a murderer to kill my granddad. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's a mix of the worst of the worst, though, isn't it? Farmer companies <sighs> and yeah. like church. Like I just couldn't believe it because I was like, no, surely not. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody would stoop that low. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What the con- ancient Babylonians used to drown people who were found to be diluting the beer, and that's just beer. <laughs> like, that's just <laughs> uh, the best. Imagine what they do to the this guy. Thing was, just before COVID died, he asked for the rest of his sentence if he could serve it under house arrest, and the judge went, <laughs> "The judge went, nah, you can get fucked, pal. You ain't ever seen daylight again." Because <laughs> um, it's just like the uh. worst thing, isn't it? It's- that is the worst thing. awful thing to play on someone's hopes fears of the medicine that's going to make you better is essentially a fucking sugar pill. It's a placebo at this point. But I mean, it does part out a glaring flaw in the American sort of healthcare system as well that doctors get money for selling a certain type of yes, drug. Yes, this was an act. Like they get a yeah, they get a commission for they they have pharmaceutical reps who come around and say, oh, if you push this drug, uh, you know, you'll get a cut of the commission, and then that leads to doctors saying, oh, well. Um, you're diagnosing people with things that they might not necessarily have just of course it's it's worse than that patients come in having seen an advert on tv going yeah i need this medicine doctors are pushing against like companies that are saying oh yeah you need this if you feel like you you got a dodgy elbow i did see a tremendous (laughs) tremendous advert for american pharmaceuticals whereas uh you know like at the end of like mortgage adverts on the radio here where it goes your home may be prepossessed you've got payments on your house it was that but for for (laughs) diabetes medicine and i was like and it was like if you experience dumbness or swelling of the head stop taking it and i was like please just don't take it in it like if it's not <laughs> tested don't yeah. like, who's advertising diabetes medicine on telly like it's not like oh i think i might take that 
Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's tasty, that does. I'll have it's some like a lemon sip, you know. <laughs> yeah, there's the over-the-counter drugs. You, that, you know, your, your hay fever remedies and your uh, diarrhea stoppers. Fair enough. It's all cause... the same drug, mate. Yeah. All, the, all the proprietary stuff is the same drug. It's just... Oh, yeah, it's the exact same ingredients, isn't it? But they sell it for two quid dear if it's got Benadryl on it rather than Tesco's yep. own. Or... All the same. But you read the ingredients, it's the exact same thing inside the pack. The proprietary version of it. But the, the, the more expensive ones have cooler packages. That's basically all it is. You're paying for a brand name, like trainers or, you know, gin. Yeah. I just buy that one from Asda that's just got gin written on the bottle in blue <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's bullshit, that is. <laughs> that's bullshit. It's like, it's, like, it's like fucking Heinz baked beans, isn't it? You know, like, what's it? Some, some bastard goes to the fucking Aldi and buys your beans and says, there you are, they taste the same. They fucking no, don't. don't, you can tell. No. Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. No, I tell you what, no. you want proper hobnobs, not fucking outies from Aldi, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> oh, I could out here. Yeah, but it's the, the, the same with your fucking tablets. Right, so uh, should we go with Chris next? Okay. And keep it light. No fucking cancer. Right? No, this one's a bit more uh, light-hearted. Harold Shipman was a... No. On August 23rd, 1973, a tall, muscular man by the name of Jan Eric Olsen entered the bank in central Stockholm wearing makeup, a lady's wig and a pair of sunglasses. He ripped out a submachine gun and fired a round into the ceiling, shouting, The party starts! He then took hostages and made his demands. He wanted three million Swedish crowns, another two guns, bulletproof vests, helmets, a Ford Mustang, and finally, Clark Olufsen, his former cellmate who was in prison at the time, to be brought to him. As police poured into the square outside the bank, followed by reporters, photographers, camera crews, and a large crowd of spectators, people at the prison arranged for the release of the gunman's demand, Clark Olufsen and to the surprise of many, released the man into the bank to talk to the robber. He was to serve as a communication line between the police and the robber. The police had the idea that Clark, being his friend, would be able to talk Jan Zerick down from doing anything stupid and hand himself over to the police for a light sentence. However, Clark and Jan Zerick had different ideas. As soon as he was inside the bank, Clark double-crossed the police and joined Jan Zerick in his robbery. But here's where things get a bit weirder. Jan Zerick phoned up the Swedish Prime Minister Olaf Palme and said that he would kill the hostages and backed up his threat by grabbing one of them in a stranglehold. She was heard screaming as he hung up, but the next day, the hostage, Christian Enmark, called the Prime Minister back and said that she was very displeased with his attitude and asked him to let the robbers and the hostages leave. You see, after a couple of days under the watchful eyes of their captors, the hostages were actually starting to gain a liking to them and said that they felt safe and easy under their care and were actually more scared of the police escalating things using violent methods. Olsen had fired his weapon and threatened to kill the hostages if any gas attack was attempted. Nonetheless, on August 28th, police used tear gas and Jan Zerick and Clark surrendered after an hour. None of the hostages sustained permanent injuries. But something very interesting came out of this, in that it was the very incident which christened the psychological phenomenon Stockholm Syndrome, which for those who don't know, is when a hostage or an abused person will form a strong emotional attachment or even love towards their captor as a coping mechanism to the stressful situation. The robbery gained a lot of academic interest with criminologists and psychiatrists, who extensively studied audio and videotapes from inside the bank during the incident and ended up coining the famous phrase. Jan Zerick was sentenced to prison, but Clark was acquitted after pleading that he was only there to keep things calm and keep the hostages safe, and went to visit aforementioned hostage Kristen Enmark a few times, and their families became good friends, but Clark went on to be put back into prison for more crimes.
That's more like it. You'll have a nice little bank hold up, don't you? Uh, gentlemen, your rebuttals. I like to imagine that afterwards they were like, yeah, let's go to the sauna. Hey. And then it's just like, it's that guy that held you at gunpoint for five days. I'd be like, nah, I'm all right, pal, to be honest. I was I... in a bank seat once. <laughs> really? Go on. Yeah, yeah. It was quite enjoyable. Quite enjoyable. Got a few days off work, you know. It was on the it was on the local news afterwards. Great stuff. Bit of a celebrity for a couple of weeks. I was. It was great fun. Where did you hide the money? Oh, up, up my arse. <laughs> <laughs> I could fit a fair bit up there. But it's got those ink packs that explode on them. <laughs> <laughs> like a fucking octopus. <laughs> right, so, like the, the main thing that pops to my mind is like, so they grab a lady holding it to the phone, mm. and I just imagine her going, "Oh, harder." It's like, oh, wait a sec, oh, what's going on here? Yeah, I think if anybody ever grabbed me in a threatening way, that's what I'd say. Does well, anyone hard, ever hard. lean yeah, into yeah, it? Like, you mean? Oh, oh right. yeah, yeah, like, oh, my, my nipples, they're getting hard. Go on, go on, a little more. Has that, anyone that's... ever thought he might have just been a nice bloke? <laughs> they're, they're, yeah, they're quite attractive in Sweden. Yeah, if you have a look at the pictures, they are quite sort of handsome, rugged guys that um, are, are quite charismatic as well. well they so were bank robbers. It was easy to. I yeah, you had lots well, of money, is what you said. Yeah, but people like a bad boy, don't they? So, <laughs> <laughs> again, there's limits in there. I like how um, he's like making a scream on the phone to, to the prime minister. And then she rings him back the next day. She's like, hey. Why have you not done what, anything? What, what, are you, what are you doing? <laughs> Where did they get his fucking number from? <laughs> <laughs> it's in the phone book in Sweden, isn't it? Everyone's there. Uh, it's Svensson, Svensson, Svensson. Uh, we should put first names in this. It'd be a lot easier. There's no X directory in Sweden. It's a sex yeah, well, that. I've never been. No, no, it's shit. Just fucking, just fucking trees. That's all it is. Just fucking years. And one album museum. Yeah. <laughs> In every village. No, like, has there been any other like cases of Stockholm syndrome? Yeah, like... famously, um, that movie with Charlie Sheen. Yeah, Hot Shots Part Two. <laughs> <laughs> no, was it not? Um, ah, there was a a lady who was kidnapped and ended up becoming like a a terrorist. Uh, I want to say Matt Harry, but I don't think that's right. Oh, what was the fucking yeah. name? Uh, she was a socialite. I can't fucking think. If only we had the internet. I'm doing it. So I'm, doing it I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be a whole syndrome if it had only happened in like one case, I don't, I don't think. <laughs> so that, that makes it sound like it started off as a Stockholm Patty like, condition. Patty Hearst. That's it, the one. That's it. Patty yeah, Patty Hearst famously uh, was like a, a quite well-to-do young lady who was kidnapped. And was radicalised into becoming part of uh, an arm and like a, a, a terrorist group. And we've all been oh, there. Yeah, it's, it's a step up from Cubs. Yeah. <laughs> I got thrown out of Cubs after one day. <laughs> Why? Giggling your woggle. It was, it was all all the posh kids were there, right? And they said like, because uh, I come from the council estate, that uh, I was a bit rough, so I beat fuck out of them and got got kicked That's out. Not very. I get a badge for it. <laughs> Oh, fucking ask for it, little shit. Kicked shits. him in the ging uh, yeah. <laughs> no. no, so it's like a coping mechanism. It's like your brain, uh, apparently with a little bit of manipulation from your captors as well, you can be coaxed into this uh, like coping mechanism where to make things less traumatic for yourself, you think, oh no, everything's okay because I, I like this guy or I love this guy. You know? oh, Is that what happens when you're at work? That that's all the thing. Yeah. Because they're not people you want to hang around with normally, are they? <laughs> You have to fucking make the best of a bad job. That is literally the, associ the work association thing. I mean, you go out for a drink and all you do is sit there and talk about work. 
And he's just like, <laughs> I, wouldn't. I get paid to be at work. Why am yeah, I talking I'm spending about my free now? time here. I could be playing that fruit machine. <laughs> always start work. When you start work, always start with all four grandparents alive, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then one by one, one of them dies each each time you got to go out. You see, and when you're up to four, get another job. <laughs> I mean, that wise words. <laughs> wise words from a wise man. I thought you were going to say, when you start work, find the biggest guy and beat the fucking shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> prison. I think you're right. Like prison, yeah. <laughs> right, should we listen to what Chucky's got? What Twatty's got? Cheers, Randolph. Love okay. you. Love you too. <laughs> Alright, I think it takes a very special kind of turbo mega cunt to decide that actually, common decency and a respect for the well-being of your fellow human are things that can be exploited for one's own benefit. But it turns out that unfortunately, it's not actually that special at all. These lowlifes have a different view of the world from you and I, and have constant perspective of, well, what's in it for me? I've had a few run-ins with lowlife behaviour, and just recently I experienced an example of one of the worst kinds of lowlifery I care to imagine. I was almost a victim of a scam. Scam artists are the lowest of the low for me, and it warms my heart learning about YouTubers like Scammer Revolts and how they turn the tools of scammery right back at the scammers to not only waste their time, but in some instances completely stop their operation altogether. It turns out scamming people is an impressively calculated operation. Scammers from India will make calls to Americans during the hours of 10 to 4, Monday to Friday, in the hope of catching old or vulnerable people. They'll even often categorize people based on their response on the phone on some kind of scammery chart where they can prioritize who they grift. Fucking cunt. The general flow goes like this. Hello, I'm calling from Microsoft. Your computer has a virus, but I can help. Go to www.thisisn'tmicrosoft.com forward slash download and install this tool that also isn't branded as Microsoft. The tool they get you to install is something called TeamViewer. The idea is, you install the software and then the scammer can connect to your computer and then start taking your precious files hostage. Or worse, asking you to go on your online banking so they can walk you through some bogus refund process that they end up manipulating to make you look like they've refunded you too much money. After this, they walk a victim through the process of purchasing gift cards as a way of balancing out the funds. This is because every online banking system in the world can detect fraudulent activity, so pantomiming bank activity is the way to gain leverage on a vulnerable victim who would want to do the right thing and send you back. So then, how do these anti-scammers reverse the scam? It turns out that TeamViewer is aware of software using scams originating from India and will warn users when they are accepting a connection from India that a scam is likely. To circumvent this powerful deterrent then, scammers will often ask their mark to connect to them instead, as TeamViewer only warns you about incoming connections. Once the scammer has you connected to their machine, they simply request to access yours and ask you to click a simple accept button. For your typical user, scams and bamboozlement would occur, but for these anti-scammers, it means complete access to the scammer's machine. In several cases of this, entire organizations have been destroyed, as often the security at scamming organizations is so lax that getting onto the machine of one scammer would grant you untold access to everything else, as information sharing is key for them. It's probably not weird that someone has had enough of scammers and the annoyingly profitable industry that they run, but it's definitely admirable and cool that this ragtag team of anti-scammers are tearing down these assholes by using the very tools that they use against their victims. I guess the really weird thing is, at least initially is that these are entire empires and enterprises dedicated to scumbags and lowlifes. So next time Dave from Microsoft rings your grandma, tell her to call him Ben Chode and slam the phone down. Gentlemen, your rebuttals. I fucking love those videos. They're yeah. amazing, aren't they? <laughs> uh, Just especially when, the, uh, yeah, when the scammer starts panicking <laughs> and um, yeah, it's 
I've saw, uh, yeah, I've seen one where he starts absolutely losing his shit. It's like, my boss is going to kill me. He's literally going to kill me. You don't understand. And you think, well, maybe they actually will because obviously they're in some dodgy, like, sort of... Do You, you know what? It's 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 crazy because often they run, like, a sham business that looks legitimate from the front, but then behind locked mm. doors there's just a whole team of people who are just ringing people and building these ledges of, like, scam targets. But uh, they do get really fucking vicious as well. If, like, they, yeah. they think you're getting close to them, they, they will get physical and send people around to break your legs <laughs> it was, it's, it's, it's just a new form of, of racketeering isn't it it's yeah it's great i, I remember like uh was it the 419 scam which was yeah, the nigerian yeah, princeton yeah. i remember there being a very good website of them writing back to them and going okay but first i need proof so we got someone to whittle him um out of wood a full-size commodore 64 yeah that's right um and then when it arrived he photoshopped it really small into his hand and was like it must have shrunk in transit and the <laughs> guy's going it cost me five thousand pounds in wood i need that and he was like i'm not paying for a tiny commodore 64. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the other famous one was that he got two of them to reenact the dead parrot sketch but in in nigeria in very thick accents uh, <laughs> it was brilliant because they don't know what they're saying like because it was done uh, yeah. yeah but uh, it's i mean it's a terrible thing and i honestly don't see much difference between the the, 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 the scammers and those people that phone up old people going would you like to sponsor a donkey it's only yeah. five pounds a minute 100 yeah mm. it, it's, it's all the same it's taking advantage of vulnerable people yeah. and you know like oh i mean uh so i i recently um got involved with uh, a would-be scammer and it was really interesting because like, they sent me a message out of the blue uh, with this whole thing of oh yeah i'm looking for this person like i'm not that person and we got talking anyway and it took six days for them to finally go oh yeah so uh i've got this cryptocurrency trick if you want it in in mm. yes. and it's like there it is there's yeah, the, the payoff that's the yeah. long con isn't it yeah yeah man like if i was like a lonely individual then i'd be like oh yeah of course we're good friends now oh yeah steve says oh. it's convincing yeah. yeah i mean when do you get hold when when one of these scammers gets hold of you I know it's the the recommended thing is just to hang up on them, but it kind of feels like, oh, then they'll just move on to the next person really quickly. Whereas like, I feel like because you know, they're definitely a scammer. Oh, I just yeah. like fucking with them, wasting the time, same. like wasting a bit of their like, profit. I love, like the, the... You know, when they phone up, they phone up and talk to you. I was like saying things to them like, uh, you know, go a bit slower because I'm wanking here. That's that, that simple <laughs> some things like that, you know. Breathe into the microphone. Yeah. Yeah. Like hang, that. hang on, I need to go and wash my hand. <laughs> uh, the, the common one that's going around right now is you get a phone call and somebody goes, um, we've detected that your national insurance number has been used at the Welsh border and um, a member of the police <laughs> is going to talk to you and i love it then it's so again it's always an indian guy and he's like yeah my name's dave smith uh, can you confirm your national insurance <laughs> something like, dave oh. jones if it's the welsh again it's just like the main thing it's just taking as much time as you can just to make make it feel like oh yeah i'm gonna get some oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Get someone. like oh yeah my national insurance number yeah sure sure it's a B. One, two, three, four, one. F, U. <laughs> That's it, yeah. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> and then ending with Ben Trode, yeah. which means... Um... Um, like a sister fucker or something like this. Oh, I thought it was a man called Benjamin Oh, right, yeah. Chode. I it was like Benjamin <laughs> no, Chode. No, no, oh, yeah. in school, Ben Chode. Yeah, the curious <laughs> case of Benjamin Chodham. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my national insurance number is N E 14 A B J. Yes. 
I mean, yeah. Mm. I remember reading a while back, though, there was one of these. I mean, it's, it's, it's the thing of if someone phones you up and goes, This is uh, the inland revenue, you, you, you haven't paid enough tax, you must pay it in iTunes vouchers. I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. Is well, that a currency that the Queen accepts? Because I don't think her head's on there, is it? Like, yeah. Just, she really wants the new yeah. Robbie Williams albums. <laughs> well, th- this is it. So they can't accept bank transfers because your bank will be no fucking way we're allowing you to send money that way. Yeah. And sending currency through like travel is not really that easy. But in some cases, they, they literally coach a person to get a book, open every other page, and slide a hundred dollars in, and then mail the book. Uh, to like somebody nearby who will then give it to a manager who would that it's like an incredibly complex like hierarchy when he, when he, gets, to the, when he gets to that stage i think you fucking deserve it pal yeah if you want me to hollow out like a lot of fish fingers and put pound coins in there and send it to you <laughs> i will because <laughs> my time is worthless i mean it is <laughs> they don't know that after 20 fish fingers you have to question it don't you <laughs> i remember getting i got a text off my mum the other week saying um the laptop's just come up with a thing saying i am watching your webcam i've put a post-it note over it but what should i do i went mum is it on youtube it's a it's a it's a scam thing it'll be click on this it'll install some shit on your on your computer and then they'll be able to watch it no one can access it yeah. it's like oh are you sure well yeah i know but <laughs> yeah. I was when, like, oh. when you're having a wank pull a bit of blue tack over your webcam <laughs> Eh? No, just make constant eye contact. Assert dominance. <laughs> How am I going to make like money from it? If, uh, <laughs> how am I going to make money from having a wank uh, if people can't see me? No, I don't need that image in my head, thank you. Oh, fucking hell. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. He has to ruin it, doesn't he? <laughs> That's the website. Right, so shall we uh, top the scores up? Oh, yes. Right, right okay. Uh, as I said, you were marked in Dave Dog Dirts. Right, because he's the biggest low life I fucking know. Right, uh, he has actually got a wife, right? Dave Dog does, and she every Christmas, right, goes and orders a shitload of stuff from Very and uh, like Studio and all them catalogues, and then doesn't pay. Right, oh, she's known yeah. as Chris. We call her Christmas Carol. Nice. <laughs> there you are. Right, so right then, uh, so in last place, I'm afraid we've got Chris. Because oh. Stockholm Syndrome, I think he was just a nice bloke. I think that's what that was. <laughs> he sounded a lovely fella to me, he did. Right. Then we've got uh, Chucky in second place with five dog dirts uh, with his with scammers. Because if, uh, let's face it, you know, if you're stupid enough fall for that, you fucking deserve it, don't you? Uh, so the winner is the cancer to ask Robert Courtney. Uh, so Joe's won with six dog dirts. Six dog dirts. Hey? Well done, Joe. Yeah, who'd have thought such a horrible story would win? <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter, at WeirdThingPod, and you can also follow Randall Parker on Twitter. What's your uh, Twitter handle, Randall? It's uh, Randall Parker one there we are. I'm on Twitter. Make sure to check out Randall Parker's Film Club. It's one of my favourite ever podcasts and it is simply brilliant. It's fucking marvellous. It is. Yeah. It is. It's the highlight of my every other Monday. <laughs> Thanks for listening and we will see you next episode. Weird thing about that. I thought it actually was the BBC World Service for a minute there.